Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest on. Her name is Gina Fontaine. She's an author coming to us from Denver, Colorado. You guys are going to love this woman. So stay with us and please share this out right now. Share it out to all your friends. See you guys in a minute. And we are back. Let me bring Gina on. Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. It's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to be with a fellow Midwesterner. Yes, I, we'll get into where you're yeah. from, but that's, um, I mean, literally three. And one of my best friends in the world, a guy named Shaka Dyson is from there too. So from Indianapolis. Talk, okay. Same exact city. Yep. We'll All talk right. about that here in a second. But, and, and you know, I want to kind of, we're going to get right into where you were born and raised, right? So that's that's how I start this show. Um, I've done this now for, oh, a while, quite a while, three and a half years, or th yeah, three years and some change. But um, I created this show to help people. I think that by hearing other people's stories of struggle and then triumph and ups and downs, we heal. We heal our own wounds through that. So, um, Gina, why don't you start with where you were born and raised? All right. I was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, the amazing thing is that I am the youngest of 10 children. My, ten. my father, 10. Yeah. So I am number 10. Uh, I rounded out the family. And uh, you know, my dad is amazing. He he started a business when he had six mouths to feed. I think they were all under the age of 10. Oh and what a what a big risk to take. <clears throat> so he is he's truly my inspiration when I think about things getting tough. Um, just owning a business and having 10 mouths to feed is a challenge, but he experienced things like you know, his his business at one point burnt to the ground. Um, he had a chemical plant and um, with Good nine grief. mouths to feed, he had to pivot really quickly and figure out how to keep the business afloat. And that was in, I believe, 1969. And a, a competitor called him and saw the front page news and said, hey, why don't you come operate from my plant until you're back up and running again? So truly, wow. truly amazing. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. That is amazing. A competitor at, told him come and work run your stuff from my plant. I believe that's how the story goes. I, oh I wasn't gosh. born yet, but I, I believe I'm getting that right. Oh yeah. my gosh. <clears throat> wow. So, so, um, so he was kind of like, he, he showed you the way. I, I think without even knowing it, he's, he's still around. He's very much around. He's 90 years old and, uh, wow. you know, still living life to the absolute fullest. And I, without even knowing it, he's a very, very humble man. Um, he, he paved the way and I, I always looked to what he did and, and just, and really respected how he kept family and business separate in the 
you know, older boys in my family were very involved in the business, but it wasn't like we always heard about it. It was separate. Um, right. And there was a really nice, healthy balance in, in our family life. So, so grow, like, it sounds like, I mean, except for the fact that there were 10 children, um, you had a, a, a almost leave it to beaver type life growing up. <laughs> well, there, there's my mother who, and, and she's now 86 and, and still, you know, playing tennis and living life to the fullest too. <laughs> I know she's, she's my super mom inspiration. That's, that's she's sure. 86 and playing tennis. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. I, you know, it's a different version of tennis than she was playing when she was 40, sure. I'm sure. But, yeah, right, but right. yeah, it's interesting because we're most, you know, older adults go to the pickleball court. Now these days, she's still adamant that it's, it's gotta be tennis. My buddy, so. Doug wing is not 86 and he plays pickleball a lot. There he is right there. <laughs> good morning. But he, he loves playing it. Not because he's out of shape. He's a good dude, but, but, um, wow, that's crazy. 86 and playing tennis. Good. Yeah. Grief. I'm 53. She's, she's waiting in line tennis. for a, a knee replacement because she, she wants to keep going and uh, Pretty, oh my gosh. Is your dad unstoppable? Is your dad? Um, not as no, she she's the you know the the go-getter and, and yeah. you know physically. So um, wow. Yeah. Wow. So and do they they live in the Indianapolis area then or mm -hmm, are, they yeah. do? Wow. Mm -hmm. So okay, so I, I don't even know where to go. Like you you're <laughs> one, you're the youngest of 10, you said. Yes. Yes. Youngest okay. of 10, six, six boys, four girls in the, the family. Oh my gosh. I would hate to have been somebody wanting to date you in high school. <laughs> like I had, had six had older, a... six older brothers to contend with. Like, right. Plus, yeah. Wow. Plus my dad, I, I can, re can remember, you know, a guy saying, Oh, you know, calling your house was because that was before the days of cell phones long before. And you had to get through a chain to get to the person you wanted to talk to. And oh, I hope her dad doesn't answer or brothers. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a football team almost like, <laughs> like that you have to deal with. <laughs> right. That's crazy. Um, okay. So, so growing up as the youngest and a girl, <clears throat> mm -hmm. like, were you sheltered? Seems like you would have been, I, I'm, I, I feel like you would have been sheltered. Hmm, sheltered in what's I I feel like oh I was thick in the mix I I got to see I, I got to see all the things don't do I and I probably got to see a lot of things that I shouldn't have seen before the age of ten as far as how to throw a really good party when mom and dad are out of town um, that's awesome <laughs> uh, right right, <laughs> right? Um, but you know I it made me tough as nails that's for sure because I I knew that I, I had to be strong to, to fend for myself. I, sure. I joked with my mom that at the dinner table, we, we sat, we literally had two long wooden benches and a, a long wooden table and the kids sat on the two benches facing each other. And it seemed like every night there was a milk spill, you know, somebody would reach to grab the bowl and, oh, wow. there goes the milk. And I, I joke with my mom that I think I got fed the scraps. I, I would sit in the corner and chew on the, the chicken bones that you guys would throw to me. <laughs> She's wow. like, no, that's not true. I'm like, no. I'm assuming true. that you, your parents did not own a TV. 
<laughs> like, well, at least to my memory, and I was born in 1974. We we always had a a, a TV with the, yeah. and I I do remember the day we got finally got cable TV, and and that you know the first thing was turn on MTV and. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah I remember those days too. Um, but I you know I'm sitting here thinking they had nothing else to do. Um, so they made a bunch of kids for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't have a TV. What should we do? I have an idea. Um, so, so you got uh, like, and what was the age gap between you and the oldest? 17 years. My gosh. So like, it was literally one every year or so. I pretty much, they slowed down at the end you know, the last three, there were, there were four years between us, uh, three girls at the end there, but, uh, Oh my gosh. Look, Amy Lee said, <laughs> I love her. So that's how we met everybody. We met through Amy Lee. Um, so, okay. So what were some of the, I, I'm really curious. Cause I, I think that things that occur to a, a, a in our childhood kind of determine not i don't know if it determines but it pushes us in the direction of the path we end up on as adults mm-hmm. and and so i'm curious like what are what were some of the the challenges you faced um emotionally spiritually physically as a child growing i mean it had to feel like you were constantly at a rock concert or something like with the, <laughs> like the no, like, right. Like oh, yeah. I like to meditate. I meditate every morning in my life. And, and so like, I like that quiet. I have, you know, noise canceling AirPods and all of that. So how in the world did you manage as the youngest child with 10 kids around and two parents mm-hmm. and dogs and, uh, oh, do- dogs? Yeah. Well, hey, it's not noisy enough. Let's get time. a couple of dogs. Get some dogs, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, wow. I I can remember because I I was the shy girl, and I I really think it was because now I'm I'm not I don't perceive myself as shy, but I think when people would ask what's your name, so a sibling would pipe in, her name's Gina. How are you? Oh, she's good. She, and I, I I was like, why don't I get to answer these questions? And I, I found myself, I, I can remember I, I had a, and I shared a bedroom with my two other sisters. So there were three of us with, I think it was a trundle bed and a twin bed. And I can remember crawling under that trundle bed and just bringing my teddy bears and dolls and just going there. And, or I'd open up the closet and I'd, I'd put on my little princess gown because I love to play dress up. And I'd just sit in there and I'd pretend like it was my, my private castle. So I, I had my ways of escaping and, and finding because the other thing was that I was the baby. And so I, I felt like I was never, I, I think I'm still introduced sometimes as the baby of the family. So it, it felt like I was never allowed to grow up and I was just itching to be my own person. And I, I think that you talked about how your growing up informs your decisions yeah. later in life. And I, it was very clear to me that to, to really break out on my own and be my own person, I, I needed to leave the Midwest. So I, as soon as I graduated college, I, I got in my car and, and I drove West. And Gina, you know, that's called a geographical cure. A geographical cure. <laughs> I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic, so I know all about moving away from my challenges. 
Um, but yeah. so, so did that help? Do you feel like that helped? It, yes, definitely. Uh, and it, it wasn't even a con, it was more like, oh, let's go visit a friend and see how she's doing. I'm finished with my internship. And then it would, Colorado just stuck to me. And I, I realized, wow. okay, this is, this is where I want to be. And that was in 1996. And that what was- I, what I love about Denver is it can be like 96 one day and later on in the afternoon, it can snow a foot and a half. Like you, you're absolutely right. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking about Ohio and Indianapolis would be, you know, this time of year right now, um, it's not uncommon to use the air conditioning and the heat in the same day in your house. Like, yeah, it, it's very common. I was thinking about that this mm-hmm. morning. Um, so, so, okay. So you kind of answered my next question. Um, <laughs> Amy, Lee, <laughs> Amy Lee is like, so I talked to Amy Lee mm-hmm. um, and, and I was driving through the state of Missouri when we were talking and I'm like, Amy Lee, I literally keep seeing these signs for a town that apparently I'm approaching called Uranus. And <laughs> and then she just started in with the 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 one liner. It was hilarious. Anyway, you had to be there, I guess. But um, <laughs> so so um, you went to school, high school. What, what, you went to high school in Indianapolis? I did. Yeah. Did you live out in the suburbs or in the city or? Uh, we moved when I was in high school. We lived, I would say, closer to the downtown area growing up in an older neighborhood. Hu- wow. It had to be a huge house, right? I think we had. Yeah. This, I, I think I slept in what was supposed to be a closet, but it, it was where my mom kept her clothes. And I there was, they put a crib in there and there was a window, uh, mm-hmm. but it was a very tiny room. And I think wow. there were one like five bedrooms and one of my brothers created his own bedroom in the basement. Uh, so it was tight quarters. And I think two of the bedrooms had, you know, three boys and three girls in the other bedroom. And for some reason, the oldest got their own bedrooms. <laughs> so, really? Wow. Right. Yeah. How oldest. many bedrooms? I, I mean, it had to be a 10 bedroom or eight bedroom house, seven. I don't know. How many had to be a I lot. There were one, two, three, five, five, five official bedrooms with an additional in the basement. Wow. So, yeah. That's that's insane. So, yeah. so you you went to college? I did. I went to Indiana. Well, my first year I actually ventured out to Boston again, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to be that renegade. I'm going to, you know, break out and I do swear something I you were different. Say Ohio State. Oh, that's that's a rival to IU. I know. <laughs> so, <Still> I <laughs> <by. laughs> Go Hoosiers. So, um, oh, I, yeah. I spent a year in Boston and, and realized, woof, this big city life and college, it was just like a clash of yeah. too much new. And so I transferred back to my home state to the, the beautiful campus of Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, where I, I spent the next three years of college and, and graduated with a degree in kinesiology, which is the study of movement, which is I love what kinesiology. I love. Yeah, I love, I love it. kinesiology. Wow. Very yeah, and my cool. my emphasis was in exercise science and and uh in, in Boston I had been a physical therapy major and I, I just realized that I wanted to be more on that preventative side and helping people feel good rather than getting people um out of pain. So wow. So have you yeah. read the book um power versus force? 
I do have that book and it's sort I've of read, one of those. I've read that book many times. I love that. It's huge too. I love yeah. that book. Yes, love that it's, book. it's very full. And and for some, I think it's COVID cloud brain. Um, I cannot <laughs> remember the name of the author and his dad invented kinesiology. His father, oh, wow. well, not invented, but he. Yep. The testing, the muscle testing. <laughs> he started the whole, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, great, great, great book. So, yep. um, so you got a degree in kinesiology and from, from IU, mm -hmm. Indiana University. Scott Ricard is oh, all right. here. Mm -hmm. Grew up in Jackson County. Um, so where did you go from there? Like, is that when you said, all right, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm heading to Colorado and not looking back. You know, I, I did an internship my uh, summer following graduation and uh, at the National Institute for Fitness and Sport in Indianapolis. And it's where a lot of the elite athletes train. It was kind of a dream internship. And uh, they even offered me a job at the end of the internship. But my my gut just said, go west, go west. And so I got in my car and, and left and, and really never looked back and um, got myself a job at a, a gym in Denver, Colorado, or actually Aurora, Colorado, which is a suburb yeah. and, uh, and started, started my career in fitness as a, a personal trainer and group fitness wow. instructor. Wow. Um, is that what you knew? I mean, when, when you graduated with a degree in kinesiology, did you know you were going to be a, a fitness instructor? Pretty clear. I, I got a, a personal training cert certification with American College of Sports Medicine. So while it was nice when I was in my internship experience, they um, ACSM offices in Indianapolis. And so they actually hosted a training at, at uh, my internship location. So it was perfect. I got certified and I was all set to go wow. as a, an official personal trainer. And uh, yeah, and that, that whole industry has, I've watched it grow, you know, in 1996, yeah. only celebrities had personal trainers. And now right. it's, it's something that, you know, every, every, per, it's available to everybody. Yeah. I used to have one, but she <laughs> wanted me to eat healthy. So I fired her. <laughs> I don't even go to nutrition with, with my clients that, and it, it's actually out of scope for personal trainers. I'm kidding. I'm a, I'm a big opponent of pleasure. So yeah. I, I believe like be mindful and engage in what pleases you, because if you feel deprived, you're going to, you're going to go back to what you love if you deprive yourself. So. Amen. I agree. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so, okay, here you are now. I'm, I'm thinking you had to have been 22, maybe 20, early twenties when you I, land in Denver. Yes. 22. Mm -hmm. And, and you're, you're, you're now a, a personal trainer working at a gym. Um, the noise had stopped. <laughs> Like, well, new new noise now. Right, yeah, just, but I mean, <laughs> you didn't have nine other kids screaming in your ear at the. Well, and I imagine by the time you were that age, they were all out, like the house probably. Yes, yeah, so I actually I was an only child at at a certain yeah. point in high school. My sister went off to college, and it was the unique experience of only child. So wow, for one year. 
one year, maybe I two? I think that was actually for three years. I was, was it really? Wow. Yes. yes. Wow. Okay. So, so that I just can't even, I cannot imagine. <laughs> I, I mean, I had, you know, a brother and two sisters and that was too much. Like, right. <laughs> that's just four kids. So, so, so you, um, so you're a personal trainer now in Denver, 22 years old. Um, and what happened? What happened? I, uh, you you don't make a lot of money as a personal trainer. And right. I, I think I even supplemented with a job at a bagel shop so I could, you know, make all the ends meet. And then right. one of the trainers, she was an older trainer and she was ready to retire and had a, a side gig where she went to people's homes and did private training. Yeah. And uh, I realized there was an opportunity there to not give 60% of my um, cut to the club and, and venture out on my own. So she really taught me about the, the nuts and bolts of here's how you do your own business. And uh, she literally handed me her clients and she and her husband retired on a boat in North Carolina. And, wow. uh, and that was my first venture into you know, being an entrepreneur and, and yeah. um, doing that in-home personal training experience. And I, I continued with that. And then I, and in that time I was doing my yoga teacher certification training. And that again was before there was a yoga studio on every street corner, like there is right. now, at right. least out here in Colorado. Yeah. And, uh, I, I literally went to my yoga teacher's house and, and did training with six other women. So I, I was wow. certified in 1997 to teach yoga. So that, opened up a whole new realm of um, teaching in yoga studios. And, and then I, I got the wild hair, I think I was 25. And I went to Kripalu Yoga Center out in Massachusetts for a four month spiritual lifestyle program. And wow. I, I went there and they call it karma yoga where you it's service. And so I yeah. did service and cleaned rooms. It was a retreat center. So I helped clean rooms and do gardening in exchange for a free stay there and a learning experience that was completely life-changing and uh, wow. quite a beautiful part of the country, the Berkshire mountains in uh, wow. Western and that's Mass. in Massachusetts. Yes. Yes. Wow. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know there were mountains in Massachusetts. There are. Indeed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so, and you did that for four months, you said? Yes. Yes. And at the time I was engaged to be married. And then that during that span of time, that engagement dissolved. And, and then I started a new chapter and uh, I think I was 26 and stepped into the role of managing fitness and wellness for a parks and recreation district in West of Denver. And wow. that was a, it, in retrospect, that was a big job for a 26 yeah. year old. And uh, I helped yeah. them open a, a brand new rec center that I'm proud to say they they still have some of the original equipment that I helped purchase in uh, whatever year that was, 1999. So um, and you got and all the old fat dudes doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I I did at another <clears throat> rec center where I was managing. I was like, you know, why don't men go to yoga? And it's like they don't want to be the only guy. Um, and and the spandex <laughs> kind of is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So I we lit. A, there was a male yoga teacher, and I said, "What if we started a dude yoga class?" <laughs> and so, yeah. so he he started a, a yoga class, and it was just 
for men. <laughs> a buddy of mine, um, my attorney, goes to mm -hmm. hot yoga and he's like, dude, you got to go to hot yoga. I'm like, no, I'm not going to hot. What is that? I don't know. So, um, but it sounds, it all sounds interesting. But so, so you, so you're starting to make waves in Denver and, 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 and in the local government. I mean, really? Oh yeah. With the parks and recreation yeah. department. Yes. Yes. At a young best. age, 26. That's crazy. Yes. And, and about a year into my tenure there, my, my sister had moved over to Thailand to teach English and she came home for the summer and, and was talking about, Oh, you got to come. It's so amazing. I'll only be there for one more year. And I just thought, you know what? To China? I got to uh, Thailand. Oh, Thailand. 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 And so I up and quit my job and I went into Thailand and registered for a um, Thai massage class that was 10 days long. And I, one month turned into five. It, it was one of those experiences where my, my roommate at the time was a world traveler from France. And she just wow. said, I'm going to put your stuff in storage and I'll sublet your space. And you just, you just stay. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, I know she just basically said, I know you're going to fall in love with Thailand and you're going to want to stay. So you you be in touch with me after a month and tell me if if you're coming back or not. And I I just decided, you know what, this is an open door that will yeah. probably never open again in my life. So I I I went for it. And um I'm sorry, that, I have a, a whine. Do you hear a whining dog? I do. <laughs> so That's all good. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. So so the and I, I actually know some other people in Th that are still in Thailand. Like they, they went and never left. Like they did not come back. Um, and I almost did that. I, I took a job yeah. uh, there. I saw an advertisement one day. I'm sitting in a little coffee shop drinking one of those really high energy Thai coffees. And I see activity director at a spa resort. Ooh, I want to. So wow. I applied for it and I, I got the job. Wow. Um, and I was there for about a month. And at that point, my sister decided she was going to head on back to the States. And it, it hit me that getting home was a two day event. Yeah. And it, well, at the time I thought, Oh, dad's getting older. And that was what, 20 years ago. And yeah, oh, I don't right. want to be too far away if something happens to dad. And, yeah. um, and uh, so I, I ended up coming back on uh, September 9th, I think it was September 9th of 2001. And as we all know, the whole world changed on two days later. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and wow. I was at my parents' home in Indianapolis on, on the day of 9-11 and, you know, just really still getting my feet back on the ground and getting over jet lag, serious jet lag. And yeah, uh, yeah that was a, a huge jolt for everyone. Yeah, sure. So you were, you didn't go straight back to Denver. You went to Indianapolis. Yeah, I think I, well, I, eventually my parents were like, okay, it's time for you to go. <laughs> we get, get we want our empty nest back. <laughs> right, so, right. Yes, I ventured wow. back to, back to I mean, they raised 10 kids. <laughs> they, they have that right. Yeah, <laughs> they earned it. I think um, they even rented me a car and said, go, go, wow. go. <laughs> so yeah. you, um, so you ended up going back to Denver. Mm -hmm. Or did you stay in Indianapolis for a while? No, I, I went back to Denver and I, I literally had no 
place to live. And a friend um, opened his home. He had two extra bedrooms and just said, you know, come and stay and get yourself oriented. And yeah, uh, yeah that uh, was a, you know, you go through culture shock when you're in another country for many months. Yeah. Um, and it was a, an awakening to how abundant our, our lives are here and how easy here. it is oh, to yeah. just go and get whatever we want when we want. And it's, it's not that know. way in yeah. the rest of the world. People don't realize that you're right. So, so, um, so you, you here, so you're back in Denver. Did you get a job? Did you start something new on your own? I did. I, you know, I, I did, um, in-home senior care. Uh, okay. and, uh, I, I've always had a passion for helping older adults yeah. And, and then that led me to a um, fitness director at a assisted living community. And I, I helped, you know, most of them were 80 years old and older and did personal training and, and group classes with them. And just a, a lot wow. of them were World War II vets. So I just, you know, that's such a, a treasure to be able to sit with a, a veteran and, Amen. and experience what they experienced. And, and I, I know one of the vets said, I, I've never told anybody these stories and they, you know, we just formed a, a bond. Uh, and yeah, and that took me, I think right up to uh, shortly before I got married. And, and wow. then I, I took a big, big turn and, and went to fitness director of a, a big health club in Lakewood, Colorado, which is a suburb. And I was pregnant during that time and, and married, I mean, pregnant time, and right? yeah, pregnant right. and married okay. and managing the, the, uh, fitness and wellness at this, um, health club and that health club, I think that, it was maybe six weeks after. That, that is Sorry. so funny. Oh my gosh. It's like a kid, you know, the thing with kids is like, as soon as yeah. you get on the phone, they need your attention. Yeah. And I'm realizing that dogs are the same way. <laughs> I, I, that's why I, like it, every time I get on my show, the mailman shows up and rings the doorbell and we have two giant golden retrievers that sound like Satan when the doorbell rings. I mean, it is crazy. I'm like, so my wife locks them up in another room while I'm doing my show. Yes. <laughs> like, um, but so, so, so you, um, so you were, you were pregnant, you were married. Um, you were working at a, um, uh, you said a, like an, what would you call it? A, a, oh, an assisted living assisted, okay. community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, um, and then I switched to a health club where I was, um, fitness director there for, uh, for the older crowd. No, we, it was a, you know, all, all ages. Oh, okay. Uh, fitness okay. club. Yeah. I got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah. my friend Teodora is in Denver as well. Oh, she says, wonderful. Good morning, Denver. Good morning yeah. Teodora. I have a lot Great. of friends in Denver, actually. Um, so, so you, um, and you were married and, and so things and pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So where where did all that go? And then I had the baby and I believe it was about six weeks after um, I had the baby, the club shut down. There was a big, uh, the owner had, an, it was terrible. He embezzled money. And, um, oh, and I, I think my severance pay was, it was just a privately owned club. And they, yeah. there was a pie shop next door, Granny's pie shop. And we all got gift certificates to the pie shop. <laughs> 
<laughs> and some other restaurant down the street. And I thought, wow, okay. Wow. <laughs> and so there I was at home and I, and it was really always my dream to be a stay at home mom. I thought I, you know, having a mother that stayed home with us and raised 10 children, I, I didn't know any other way. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, this is perfect. I, I get to be, I, I get to live my dream. Yeah. And I quickly discovered that being a stay at home mom is the hardest job that there is. <laughs> and I, I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, and I, I quickly picked up a early morning shift at a, a fitness club at a corporate place downtown. And I'd go in from 5am to 9am. And then, I, you know, my husband would pass the baton and I'd take care of the baby during the day. But I, wow. I was just burnt out and, and exhausted and, and realized, you know, the, the stay at home mom gig, I tried it for about a year and it, it just wasn't, wasn't for me. And, yeah. um, and then I, we lived close to downtown Denver and I, I ventured on down to Denver athletic club, which is a you know large club, right, right by the, the heart of the city and a lot of executives and yeah. um, politicians work out there. Even, even Obama came and worked out there during the Denver or the democratic national convention in 08. Mm. And, uh, and I, stepped right in there and and started personal training and teaching classes and and I loved that community there and I stayed wow. I think for about 13 years I felt like I raised my family there because they yeah. had a, a a little preschool drop off area and you know the the members and my clients always wanted to check in on my kids and and celebrate birthdays and so it was it was just a a fabulous place to perfect timing perfect place yeah. to, to, um, you know, really be in that part of my career. And, and that's when I, I realized my passion for, um, moms in pregnancy and how do you stay fit safely when you're pregnant? And there, there yeah. were no guidelines when my child in 2003 was born. So I, I winged it. And then yeah. with my second child, I, I thought, you know, that there's just gotta be a better way. So I, I quickly identified all the pregnant women in the club. I could see the the bumps and I, yeah. I made a pregnancy group and we, we all would meet once a week. And uh, eventually that, that first class evolved into what I called power of pregnancy. And I, I developed a training at first was a training for fitness instructors because there, there was just really no information. You, a pregnant lady would walk into your class and you'd say, Oh my God, like, what do I do? What do I do right. with her? And let's not um, cause harm. Right. And it, <laughs> right. it's like, you know what? I want to take some of that fear away. And yeah. I, I developed a course and did a few rounds of trainings. And and then I realized, you know, my passion is really working with the women in pregnancy. So I, I started taking the program out into the community. And one day I, I was at my kids school drop off and I saw two pregnant teachers and they just, they looked every day I'd, I'd see them and they just looked exhausted. And I thought, man, that must be hard to be a teacher and be pregnant. And I, that day I called the, um, the uh, HR office and I, I pitched power of pregnancy to them. And I said, gee, I, I bet if two teachers at one school and there's 144 schools in the district, there's a good number of pregnant women. And yeah. they, the HR director just loved it and said, yes, let's do this. And so that started a, like a three times a year training that um, the district actually paid for 
the teachers to come and take my my training with wow. them. And then eventually that branched out to Denver Public Schools. And uh, and it, uh, you know, it was just a, a, a passion of mine. And and then I eventually realized, you know, even on that other end of the spectrum, after you have the baby and a, a woman goes to a six week visit and basically the doctor says, just go back and do what you've been doing. And there really needs to be a softer <clears throat> break-in period because when you tell somebody like me that, I'm back out running, right? We're doing lifting marathons, heavy weights, mm -hmm. Iron Man, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I messed up my body pretty good. And I thought, and I hit it. You know, it was like I just crawl down to the physical therapy office in the basement of where I worked and say, "Put me back together." But I realized there there has to be a better way. And again, there wasn't a lot of research and a lot of knowledge out there. So that, that turned me to um, the postpartum end of fitness and, and helping moms because wow. that, that was my, where I was. And at that time I had three children. So. And what year now. was that? Uh, so I, I wrote the power pregnancy course in 2015 and okay. um, at, at that, and I, at that time, my youngest was five. He would have been five. So. so you have three kids. <clears throat> yes, I do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Teens and tweens. <laughs> I have 18, a 14 and 11. And 11 year old. I get it. <clears throat> Two daughters. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. And, you know, every stage of parenting has its unique set yeah. of challenges. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I always say God has a sense of humor giving me two daughters. Wow. Um, so, so, um, so you wrote the, what, what was it called? The power of, what'd you call it again? Power of pregnancy. The power of pregnancy. And it's mm -hmm. a fitness, it's a fitness course. Yes. And it, it addresses, you know, what I perceived was missing in the, the fitness market. Most doctors would just say, oh, just go do yoga, walk. Yeah. Right. Well, that's really wasn't, it's not enough guidance. And so I really, you know, broke it down into what you really need physically. And there's a lot of mental stress in pregnancy and as well as emotional. And so I address all three aspects of wellness in, in the course. So. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, and, and so you've also written a book. Yes. And, and that, that book is, is, that is also for geared towards moms. And uh, I just published and released that book in September and yeah. it's entitled, you are a super mom, five ways to reclaim your superpower and thrive as a mom. And that was very much a, a pandemic project. And uh, my oldest was a teenager struggling with depression. And I, I mean, I don't want to go into the details of the story. I write about it in the book, but yeah. every parent, I mean, are there parents out there watching the show? What was it just incredibly stressful time? And, and still we're, we're still rebounding from this, this period yeah. of lockdown and, and, and COVID, but kids, especially teenagers, it's, it's innate in their programming to be social. That's what they're supposed yep. to do. And then you close them up. And when they do go out, you tell them they, they got to wear masks and they, they can't get too close. That is, is going to mess with any kid's head. And then you stick them on a computer for seven hours a day. And it's, it's just a, a perfect 
mess. <clears throat> and yeah. I, uh, oh, and, thank you. And there there's your book. I just want everybody mm -hmm. to see it. It's on Amazon. It's beautiful cover. I love that. Oh, really thank you. Nice. Um, so yeah, keep going. I, 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 it, cause I'll tell you, I, I have a, a very strong opinion about this because <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they, they, um, you know, my daughter, my youngest, they go, well, they go to the same school, obviously they, um, they, they implemented this mask remask policy. And I told my wife, take her out. I, I'm not having my kid walking around suffocating in a mask all day at school. And, mm -hmm. and my daughter freaked out. She, cause she wants to be with her friends Absolutely. and I get that. And, and, mm -hmm. and so the whole thing pisses me off and at part of my language, but it does. And, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, but the, I guess most, most of the teachers are pretty lax with allowing them to uh, just, well, and, and just removing this part of your face, you, you have right. to try and interpret things by people's eye expression. And, um, you know, we, we interpret a lot through through facial expression. And my son, you know, became very, very depressed. And he had a lot of trouble beforehand, but that was just kind of like the the last straw. And um, and he did he attempted to take his life in May of 2020. Um, and thankfully he he was unsuccessful, but I think that's something that needs more attention and it's getting more attention is the mental health aspect of what this period of time in our lives, the global pandemic has done. Nobody's talking about the lo loss of lives to suicide, the loss of lives to, I mean, somebody who's depressed and checked out, it, it feels like they're not with you anymore. Um, and I, I, I really think we need to be talking more about it. And that's one of the missions of my book is to normalize the discussion about mental health and, and how important it is to reclaim your power and, and thrive and really take care of yourself first. And in my experience, most women, whether you're a mother or not, are the givers. They are always nurturing caring. It, it yeah. comes very naturally to us. And we feel like, um, I talk about five myths in the book and myth number one is a good mom always puts her kids needs first. Right. But what happens when you do that is you are always giving from an empty bucket and you know, you fall into bed exhausted at the end of the night and maybe, you know, chronic health condition symptoms start to creep in at a way too young age. And I just really, I, I got divorced. I, I left a, a very unhealthy marriage uh, in 2017. There's my, my wife agreeing with you, by the way. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, and I'm it, always like, you need to take care of you. Like, you know, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, even on the airplane, I mean, they tell you, you know, put your mask on before, before. you take yep. care of your kid because you're useless to your child. And, and my kids have, have learned that, you know, when mom is out there doing what she loves to do, she comes back refreshed and energized and, and feeling better. And I, I used to try to tote my kids along to come to my events. Like I, I love drumming and I go to drum circles and they just like fold their arms and turn the other way. And I just thought, you know what, I can, 
I can do this. I can live my life and and that feel does fulfilled. not just it doesn't include like drunken nights dancing on pool tables, however. Right? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. But like and I, I agree with you. And a friend of mine, and I have talked, like I'm I've done thousands of live streams and I've mm -hmm. talked and not just for interviews, but and I've talked a lot about this, the 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 suicide, the 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 whole shutdown lockdown and and the a friend of mine runs the um uh suicide hotline for the state of Ohio and and you know he said it just skyrocketed the calls in the 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 call center like seven or eight times normal like you know mm -hmm. and 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 that's something that a lot of people are not talking about like it, it you know that is a byproduct of all of this nonsense of that's been going on and and the masks and the lockdowns and the fear the unbelievable amount of fear that's why well, i tell people turn off the news turn absolutely it off. well the number one way to kill your immune system is be in fear because yep. fear when we go into fear we're in fight or flight and our our blood vessels literally constrict Yep. And what comes through our blood is white blood cells, and that's what fights off disease. So, yeah. you know, I, I think there would be a, a whole different thing going on if we saw signs that said, smile at each other, drink yeah. lots of water. And if they shut down all the fast food restaurants in the country during lockdown, I, I mean, if promoting health instead of instilling fear and talking about avoiding illness, it, it's not the way to thrive. Um, we thrive when we when we expand ourselves and and believe like these bodies, these bodies are amazing. That's why I, I'm in the profession that I am, because I'm fascinated by the body's ability to heal itself. But the, the key to that is getting yourself in the right mental, emotional and, and physical state. And, and, and something that I know, you know, this I'm just going to throw this out, but spiritual like, you know, yeah, the the. The, I mean, you went to a, a four month, you know, thing in Massachusetts that I know there was like, there had to have been a spiritual, you know, consideration. And, and, mm -hmm. and in the book, Power Versus Force, he talks a lot about that. And he talks about the, 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 it was a, a made up numerical scale that he created ranking religions throughout the world and spirituality. But like, you know, just holding a, a, um, a, a, um, I forget how, like the artificial sugars and stuff and holding that against your chest and the muscle testing that he did and, and then hold a banana against and the, the difference in, in muscle strength that we have. A lot of people don't understand that. And it all goes back to the spiritual side. I mean, we're all spiritual beings having this human experience, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and, and people don't pay attention to that. And, and so anyway, I, I love everything that you're talking about. This, this, this is my, this is my jam. I, I love this. Yeah. Well, we, if we have such a big opportunity right now to, you talked about us being, you know, in a physical body, but our, our spirit is what defines us as different from, I love my dog, but I have this, this spirit that it yeah. just, it's so ready to rise right now. And I, my body is my vehicle. And I think where a lot of people go is like degrading and, and especially women degrading and bashing their bodies. And the, the sacred grows 
in a positive experience. And yeah. so if you're, you know, giving yourself and there's, you know, if muscle testing, say, you know, I hate this, or I'm afraid of this, your arm's going to drop so fast. And you, you can even, there's some experiments that were done with um, water and water molecules. And have you, do you, are you familiar with that? I think it's uh, Dr. Uh, yeah. Emoto. Emoto. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. that's from um, the, it's in, and it's actually in the movie. What the bleep do we know? It is. Uh -huh. Joe Dispenza, my favorite guy mm. in the whole freaking world. He's amazing. I yeah. love that dude. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he brings the, what a lot of people like to call woo woo and it's, it's not, I mean, there's so much science backing, you know, energetic principles and quantum physics. And yeah. he, I really love the way he just brings it down to a, a, a level where, you know, anybody can tap in and see that this stuff is real. It's not, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, and a lot, I, uh, you know, this is the old cliche, but it, it's, it, you don't have to believe in gravity either. Like, but if you get up on a rooftop and you jump, gravity is going to take place. Like it's right. going to happen. And so I, I, I think that the more, and I do believe that we are in the midst of a, um, and it's been going on for a while. Dr. Wayne Dyer talked a lot about it. Oh, I love we, him. Mm -hmm. He's my favorite author of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, he talked a lot about that we're, we're in a spiritual awakening globally and it's happening over a long period of time to us, but in the, the grand scheme of things, it's a flash, but you know, so mm -hmm. <laughs> Look, Robert Brooker says, I love the woo woo, but I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. not, and I, I don't, I hate even, I, I just said a word I, I don't even like to say, but I, I, I don't like calling it woo woo because it makes it seem like it's too far out. It's beyond mm -hmm. reality. And it's not, have you seen or watched, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's program on Gaia called, um, 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 um re something. Oh my gosh. I just drew hmm. a blank. It's so good. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. definitely check it out. It's a, it's great. It's, it's, I'll think of it in a minute, but it's, it's a great program. It's where he's literally teaching how we can heal anything and even physically through meditation, through going in mm -hmm. and, and, and talk a little bit about that. If you would talk, talk to the audience about what you know about, the energy in our bodies, the energy fields. Mm -hmm. I, I know that, you know, if you liken our bodies to like an operating system in a computer and when we have 20 windows open, that operating system slows way down. Yep. And myth number two in my book is moms are master multitaskers. The brain can't do that. The brain cannot multitask. Uh, here's something you can you can all try to try set a timer and write I am a master multitasker and I think it's one to twenty eight and then then write one numbers one two three four five six all the way to twenty eight and then go to the other side set your timer again and write I one a two and you're bouncing back between spelling and counting it, you'll be so much slower so we think we we are so chaotic and crazy in our lives. And we have so much coming at us. And it, especially as mothers, we, we think we're being really productive when we do a lot. And we, we, we have our, you know, checklist at the end of the day. And look at what I did. I did 20 things. 
And I came to realize, and, and I think the blessing and the beauty of the pandemic was that it got us to slow down finally. And I realized that I, I could focus on three big things a day and just one task. And that's how I got my book written was I, I decided, okay, these 90 minutes are book writing time. The phone goes off. Yeah. The kids are told, you know, I'm, I'm writing. I, I can't be bothered right now. And that's how I got it done. Yeah. And it's, it's a fallacy that you can cook dinner, watch a webinar and change your kid's diaper. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's what moms do. And we, we feel very accomplished, but it, it is not good for this, this brain here. That's, that's meant to be, um, and there's scientific studies that show the brain cannot focus on two meaningful tasks at a time. I, I totally agree. Yeah. And so in terms of meditation, what meditation does, and I, I, I've taught yoga and restorative yoga in particular. I'm still for, here, by the way. Yeah, um, <laughs> for 25 years. And I, and at the Denver Athletic Club, you know, I have high level executives coming to my classes and, and they'd come and in restorative yoga, you might lay in a pose for 20 minutes. And I, you know, you could see the yeah. people like getting antsy and like, okay, she's not doing enough with us, but they would keep coming back and keep coming back because for one, it said, you know, this is like the only time I relax all week. And there's a realization that when we, we operate from a very relaxed platform, we're so much more productive. Um, and a great example is I, this week I'm doing a, a challenge uh, called the Super Mom Club 10-Day Challenge. And I at 6.30 in the morning, I do a 10-minute sequence that's just very gentle, like get into your body. And I, I'm, the feedback I'm getting is this. I always go back when I'm getting stressed in the day. I go back to that how I started my day with you. And I can immediately get calm. Yeah. Because when you, you start the day and race to the coffee machine and make the kids lunches and do, 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 that's the tone for your day. So if, if you can start that day, even five minutes of, of meditation to just sit quiet. And I, I love my meditation teacher I've been watching since the beginning of the pandemic. He's Panash Desai. Uh, he says, meditation is the divine art chilling out. <laughs> and that's it. You know, in my first book that I wrote, I, I, um, I have a chapter titled go inside mm -hmm. and, and there's a, there's an old Hindu story about, um, that the, the, and this is, I don't want any emails or messages about religion. I don't, this isn't about religion. Um, it's an old Hindu story. I'm repeating it. Um, but about the gods got together one day and they said, um, you know, we're tired of giving humans all the answers to everything they ever wanted. So they're abusing it. They're they're misusing it. And we need to take it away from them and, and make them have to work for it to get it. And and so they, they where are we going to hide this? You know, so they have to work for it. And one of the gods said, why don't we put it in the deepest part of the ocean and and. And the, they no, they'll learn how to dive and find it way too easy there. Another one said, well, how about at the highest mountain on planet Earth? Let, let's put it up there. No, they'll climb. They'll, the, it's way too easy to find it there. And then the wisest God of them all spoke up and said, why don't we hide it deep within the humans themselves? They'll never think to look there.
And, and so it continues today. And I've meditated every day of my life for 18 years. And, um, and, and except COVID broke my streak. I couldn't, I tried, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I couldn't, but, but like, you know, I, it is the most important thing and it's not woo woo. It's not, (laughs) it's not about that. It's about, you know, even if you go to religion and you go to Christianity, the Bible says Jesus meditated. I mean, Absolutely. you know, like go mm-hmm. inside, connect with, call it whatever you want, your higher power, God, your your creator, Jesus, whatever you want to call it, go inside and learn how to do that. And sorry, this is about you, not me, but I, I absolutely love what you're teaching. I love it. Yeah. And it, my challenge right now is um, it's like a, a plea to moms, please slow down. Like, I know your life is full. My life is full too. And, and if you, it's interesting because when you feel fulfilled, your to-do list gets smaller because that, that need to get validation and satisfaction by check, 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 it goes away. And you realize those things that you were busying yourself with, aren't really all that important anyways. And, 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 you know, also a, a plea, um, to get off social media so much. Like, um, I think if, if, a lot of women totaled up their time on social media, they'd realize they've got plenty of time to exercise. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just, it's a fuel. And it, it, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of movement it, uh, as you know, exercise is great. If you do it, movement is essential. Exercise is optional and just get up and, and move in your body as much as possible. That's what I, you know what? Thank you. Gina, that's what I kept telling myself when I had COVID. You got to get up, man. You got to get up and move the body. If you don't get up and move the body, it's going to die. It will die. And I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, I had it bad. I still Mm -hmm. have some of the effects of it after 65 days or whatever. So, um, but you've got to get up and move the body. I Mm -hmm. so agree with you. Absolutely. And even, I mean, when I was in the deepest, darkest stages of my divorce and, you know, just immediately went to that single income, very small income household as a single mom. And I, it would have been easy to just say, I'm pulling the covers over my head and I'm not coming out, but I forced myself every day, go out, walk, run, do something to raise the way that you feel. Yeah. Wow. So I want to show your book, excuse me, one more time so everybody can see that. Go over to Amazon and um, and grab a copy of the book. And there are some um, beautiful I, reviews on there. I just, I love that moms are, yeah. are getting it. Um, yeah. That's, that's amazing. So you, um, let me ask you this. I, I always ask a couple of questions at the end and, and mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. What? First off, money is unbelievably important in life. It, mm-hmm. it is. I don't ever, ever, like I grew up with the mindset of, of you know, money doesn't grow in trees, that, that lack mentality. I, I don't, I don't believe that anymore. Um, I believe money is made of trees and in cotton. Um, so it does actually grow on trees, but, <laughs> but, but like, you know, um, so, you know, what do you think holds people back 
And my wife mm-hmm. loves the logo behind you, by the way. Let me give you Aww. full screen so people can see that. But what what do you Thank think? You. And this is in your opinion. What do you think um, holds people back in life from experiencing real success? And yes, I mean financial as well. Um, but but real success and freedom. It's staying tied to societal norms and um, that abundance mentality really informs decision-making. So if you're trapped in fear or needing to, to stay in what society tells you that you need to do as a good mom or it, it restricts you. And, and, and I, I think a lot of people don't feel fulfilled and, and that to me, a successful life is feeling fulfilled. And, and I say health is your greatest wealth because you can have all the money in the world, but if you're not healthy and you can't use it, what, what good is your wealth, your money wealth? Uh, And so, and, and on the other, that side, when you're healthy, you can, be out there in the world, you know, giving more. And so, you know, is, is money your marker of success? I, I don't necessarily think that's, that's the marker of success because right. with money comes a lot of like things that don't let us be free. Um, and not to say that money is bad. I, I love money and, yeah. you know, want more money to, you know, help give my family more and live our yeah. dream life. But at the top is is always going to be health for me. Right. And, and you know, like, and Abraham Lincoln said, the best way to help the poor is not be one of them. So, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I agree with that. And I agree with everything you're saying, too. I mean, look, I just went through, they found an aneurysm in my heart, in my, the aortic stem of my heart, off my heart, I guess, um, when I, when I was in the hospital with COVID, they, they, fa- mm-hmm. they found this. So, you know, it, it really puts everything into perspective when you go, wait a minute, like that's pretty serious, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and so um, you start thinking about all of the life choices you may, you know, um, your health is very, very, very incredibly important. So I totally agree with that. You know, um, we talked a little bit about the um, suicide rates and, and, and all of that, that, that um, <clears throat> skyrocketed in the last year and a half. And I'm so sorry that, that your son, you know, what you, you talked about, I, I have, hopefully everything's on the mend. Um, yeah. So l- let me ask you this though. If somebody's barely hanging on right now because they feel like they've tried everything and they just can't get their business right, they can't, whatever it is, whatever they're going through and they just, man, I don't know what else to do. What what do you say to them what, to help them get through to the, the next moment? Mm. Yeah, I, I have, I've been there and I, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what, what did I do? And it, I know it sounds simplistic, but awareness of my breath and and realizing that right now I have this breath and and your breath will keep you in the moment and realize, okay, like everything's okay right now. And if I stay in right here right now, there's there's this amazing portal that can open up and 
people will show up um, at the most unexpected times and, you know, maybe in my case, maybe deliver a whole bunch of food when I didn't know how I was going to feed my family and a complete stranger comes by and um, brings me a trunk load of, of food for my kids. So there, there's miracles just waiting to happen, but they're not when we're closed off um, worrying. And I, I say, I think it was my dad that said, you know, worry is like a slap in the face to God that you're, you're not trusting right. that, that your universe has your back. And I, I had a mantra that I would say when I first became a single mom and it was just, I felt like I had no security and I, I just, I would walk and I'd say, I am safe, secure, supported, valued, and loved. And I would just feel that vibrate through my body. And I would literally take that hour walk around the lake and I would just say that mantra and mantra is another form of, of meditation. Amen. Um, yeah. So stay in the moment and, and don't let all the what ifs um, collapse over you. Gina, I love that. I love your story. I love your spirit. You're, you're emitting you. a beautiful energy. And um, I'm so grateful that you you came on and and shared and transparently yeah. shared. It was awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you, yeah. you made it easy. You've, you've got a fun, lighthearted approach. So I well, loved it. If, it. if it isn't fun, I'm probably not doing it. So that's... I, I agree. I'm a big proponent of don't say the word workout because you do enough work all day. Have fun when you move your body. Find something yeah. fun to do. Yeah. yeah. I just absolutely. call it push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, so thank you so much. I appreciate you being on here. Thank you to everybody who watched and shared this out. If you did not share this out, redeem yourself right now and share this out. <laughs> Um, and, and, and so more people can learn about Gina can learn about her amazing book, go over and get it. You are a super mom. Um, it's Kindle for nine bu or eight 99 paperback for 1999. Go pick up a copy and I will drop a link and it'll be my, since I'm an Amazon influencer, I will drop the link that the, the uh, uh, an affiliate link for it. And I might even go ahead and put your book in my Amazon store. So. Um, I think I, I probably will. So um, listen, Gina, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who's watched and shared this out. Go follow Gina on Facebook. Are you on Instagram? I am. I'm um, at Fontaine Gina. All, okay. all one word, Fontaine Gina. Twitter, LinkedIn. Are you everywhere? I'm on, I am. I'm on LinkedIn. Gina, Gina Fontaine on LinkedIn. Okay. I, my son started a TikTok channel for me. So, so I'm on TikTok. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Supermom underscore book on TikTok. If you, that's if you awesome. That. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Everybody go follow Gina everywhere. Um, do you have a website, by the way? I do. It's ginafontaine.com. Ginafontaine.com. Mm -hmm. I should have had that up here. And I'm, as, as a matter of fact, before we hang up, let me just put it up there. Gina Fontaine dot com and we'll scroll that across the bottom is that it it is and it i mean if you do go forward slash supermom club you can see the um what's soon to be launching in november november 1st the supermom club and that's fitness for busy moms that are on limited time schedules that is awesome mm -hmm. so everybody go is, is there a clickable link for the supermom club on the main there, page uh you know what i can send one to you okay yeah. yeah, just drop it in the in the feed and mm -hmm. um, 
And yeah, so everybody go check the check the website out. Follow Gina everywhere. And Gina, have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And we will Thank see you, you guys all tomorrow. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Hang, right. and hang on. Don't leave me. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Thanks okay. so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.